Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm Fergus and I'm your host. And we are going to talk to Big Steve first of all uh, about his trip to Newcastle away. And then we'll join the rest of the lads and we'll talk about that game. The Guna debate on some of the topics on there will be the first week of the AR, the European window, uh, Ozil and Kolasniak situation, the third kit... And we've also got a question which we're going to discuss with the guys. We also look ahead to the Burnley game and much, much more. Remember, this is an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Yeah, good, good. No, up nice and early. Up nice and early. This is, this, is like, this is like middle of the night for you, isn't it? Uh, not quite, not quite. Not quite, not quite. <laughs> So you have, um, you've just come back from the Newcastle game. Yes. Uh, so, and it was, you've only not long passed your driving test, so it was your first uh, long road trip, wasn't it? Yep, first long road trip. Uh, well, I mean, I, I did a bit of driving through France and Spain back in June. Yeah, back in June. Um, but that wasn't, wasn't as long. I think I was only driving for about three hours then. Um but yeah, first first long trip, and luckily, coincidentally, I was already sort of heading up at this sort of period. So the fact that the Newcastle away fell whilst I was planning on being in Sunderland was great. But yeah, the drive was was something else. First time long drive. And uh, obviously, you went to Newcastle game before the Newcastle game. Uh, they had a, a boycott. Sorry, boycott. <laughs> yeah. So what did, what did you see of it? Um, what did you I, hear of it? By by the time I got to the stage, there's still you know people around with with banners and whatnot. I missed the sort of big crux of the the protest and the boycott. But um, I was speaking to a couple of other a couple of Newcastle fans after the game because I got on the metro with with my colours showing, um, and they that you know they were they asked what I thought about the boycott. Obviously, you know having an owner that doesn't or seemingly doesn't give a shit. Um, and he was saying, like, some of the... He was like, oh, you know, they're, th- they're thick bastards. Like, they're, they're out there saying to boycott the game, you know, boycott Mike Ashley. But yet they're going into the game 10 minutes before kickoff. Oh, well, I've already bought my season ticket. It's like, well, then that's not boycotting, is it? It's all well and good standing outside protesting and shouting your mouth off. But if you're still paying for your season ticket, then, uh, you know, the the problem is not... You know that Mike Ashley's still getting his money, so yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I think the the incentive is there, but I think some of them, the fact that they're still going into the game, makes it all pointless. <laughs> mm-hmm. And did you go to uh, the local hostilleries in the area, meet up with any of the lads, the uh, away boys? I mean, I I, I, I saw um, I met. Uh, Dave, one of Trev's friends, uh, at the game. Um, but no, I, I was didn't wasn't drinking beforehand. I was just getting there and getting out. And I mean, the the weather was awful. It weather. looked dreadful. It, looked tra- <laughs> it, it did look was dreadful. Terrible, like just non-stop pissing down. I mean, I put the I put a um, Instagram story on the Guns and Yellow Ribbon Instagram. So I mean, I've highlighted that. So I'm sure you can. I'll have a look. See I, how I, bad it was. <laughs> I, to be honest, I was I was watching the um, the build up on on I think it was BT Sports or whatever or Sky Sports. Yeah, Sky Sports, yeah. Sky, and 
they had these big umbrellas and it wasn't keeping any of that fucking rain away, was it? No, it was, <laughs> I mean, luckily, I mean, like, for, for all the... I mean, it's the first time I'd been at St. James's Park and everyone says about how you sat up in the gods and... I was going to ask you, know, you that. so bad, yeah. Um, I actually... It's actually... It's a, it's a nice... You see the whole pitch, pretty much. Um, I mean, I, 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 I didn't see the sort of bottom corner just because I'm only 5'7 and there was a couple of big lads stood in front of me. Um, but the, uh, yeah, view was view was decent enough, and you're seriously well covered under that under that main stand. Like nobody was was getting do wet. You, do you not feel because Sunderland have done the same sort of thing? Because I've been to Sunderland when they used to be down in the south stand behind the goal, and they moved to the north stand uh, on the upper tier, and um, you just feel a little bit disconnected from from the team on the pitch and when a Bamiyan comes to celebrate he runs to a corner where there's a load of Newcastle fans rather than yeah you know. um I, I I I didn't I didn't I mean I th- I think it's I think it's not as bad it wasn't as bad as Sunderland Newcastle I think you you are you know you're you're so far away and as you say a Bamiyan runs to the corner and you know depending on where you are sat, you can't see that corner. I could only just about see that corner when the guy in front sat down. So mm. I did you know, I didn't even see the his little jump and until until I was watching Match of the Day. Um <laughs> but you know they they acknowledged the fans are there. I mean after after he scored the goal and we're all singing Oh Bama, yeah Wrong you know, song. Yeah, I knew you I knew you was gonna mention that. But um <laughs> Yeah Um Yeah, as soon as as soon as he he's got you know, he sort of walked over and sort of put his fist up to us and that was you know, that's 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 nice, but yeah, it it, 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 is, it actually is really a good feeling when the when players... they acknowledge you there. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Like you know, and even even in the warm up when um when Leno come out, he was sort of walking over, clapping, clapping up to us. So you know, it, it's it's nice to see when in other seasons you've you've had a lot of people criticising the fact that the players haven't come over and clapped or they haven't acknowledged the fans. And I mean, Newcastle and Sunderland away, the, the furthest you're going. Mm. For for most you know for most people most gooners, it's... a lot of Scottish gooners go to those ones. I don't know if you noticed. Mm. Yeah, so um, we, we... and there there was a couple that... of people in Arsenal shirts going back to Sunderland uh, with Sunderland accent. So, um, I mean, I noticed that when I was when I was on the way back. So, I mean, it's nice that there's you know other people that can can travel to the games, but you know most people you... are coming from from the south. Did, did you bump into any? people that you knew other than Dave uh, from either Arsenal fans forum or Guns and Yellow Ribbons? No, I didn't. No. Uh, I, I, I did put a post up asking who was going up, but I, I fell asleep early on, on Saturday and I only saw a lot of the comments on the Sunday. Um, and because of the weather, I, I was like, I'm not going to trek around Newcastle and, <laughs> and aim to meet up. I know there was a crowd from around my area here that went up. Dave Southall and and, and some of the some of the other guys, Perry and so on, uh, they went up. But they went up the day before, and some of the pitches on Facebook they were fucked. <laughs> so I, I think on... they would be very very delicate on on Sunday. Night. <laughs> yeah, I, I see Saturday on uh, I see on Twitter on on Saturday yeah. evening or, or early hours Saturday when I woke up. Um, that a group of lads went up there from from Hertfordshire, and one of them, the absolutely shit face in Newcastle, left his friend, got in an Uber to go back to the hotel, didn't put in the hotel postcode, and paid five hundred thirty seven pound to get back to his home. 
<laughs> yeah. So not only is his wallet Ouch. taking a hit, he woke up. He missed and he the wasn't, game. He wasn't seeing the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. I mean, that's that's shit faced. <laughs> Thankfully, it haven't been that bad. Listen, most importantly, what did you make of the game? Give us a couple of minutes uh, uh, round of what you thought of the game, because I know you can't be on tonight because you've got a gig. Uh, yeah, hence why we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I I wasn't overly pleased with the first half at all. Um, the second half was still quite flat. The, the problem was was we we had control of pretty much everything, and up until probably the last 10, 15 minutes, they weren't really countering us a lot. They weren't, you know, we didn't have a lot to deal with. There was a couple of heart in, you know, heart in mouth moments when, when they did go through, just because you know, this is Arsenal, what's going to happen? They're going to put a cross in and we're not going to deal with it. And you know, But luckily, you know, Leno made a couple of good saves towards the end. Um, Maitland-Niles stopped a couple of, you know, couple of chances going down. Um yeah, overall, I think I think Chambers was was very good playing out from the back. Socrates wasn't really bothered. Maitland Niles had a fantastic game in the assist as well. I think get tracking back was he you know probably one of his best games going forward. He probably had one of his best games. Um, Gwendozi, mm-hmm. I thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gwen, I mean, we're going to hear a lot about this later. Gwendozi, I thought he he run run the midfield. Um, he run around a lot. Yeah, but but um, <laughs> he, you know, I he, thought he was going to take off at one time <laughs> with the arms. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I mean, Gwendozi's Gwendozi, but um, I think, I think, yeah, a lot, a lot came from him. He was linking up with Willock a lot going forward. Nelson wasn't as good uh, as some people are making up, but I think there are there are promising signs. Um, I think Willock and Nelson both performed well. Nelson less so. Willock faded in, yeah, in, in, in w- the second Yeah, half. I think Willock, Willock tied out. But I mean, he's he's played, I think, the most minutes. In I think him and, him, and Cha- him and Chambers have played pretty much the same sort of amount of time in pre-season. And what did you make um, of Newcastle's forward? That Joel, what's his name? Oh, Joe Linton. Yeah. Uh, what did you make of him? And the guy who caused was, serious was, problems for us was, was St. Maximum. Oh, that's the guy that looks like um, the skunk from Looney Tunes, right? Is that what he... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got like, you know, not only is he wearing the black and white, he's got, you know... Black and white hair, yeah. Big white stripe down the down his, his dreadlocks. Um, oh, yeah, I thought he looked a real problem. Um, and it was when it was when he come on. Joe Linton was you know was okay, um, but Saint Saint Maxim or Saint Maximum, whatever his name is, um, he yeah he looked and and he was you know he was he was winning balls in the air. Um, they were getting balls, and that's that's when I think we were oh this is what's going to happen. But you know we saw it out and uh, had had a one of the Geordies on the train on the way back to my mum, you know, oh, the fuck did you win that? It's like, well, because we did. We, we played <laughs> for 90 you, minutes. Yeah. They didn't. You, yeah. Cause you weren't, oh, well, you know, that's the difference between city and news, you know, where would have beat us six, seven nil. It's like, yeah, but if you come to the Emirates later on in the season and beat us one nil with a performance like that, oh, of course I won't be moaning. And I said, well, there we go. Like, shut up. Fuck off. <laughs> like one nil to the in Arsenal fairness, is though, a chant for th- a reason. <laughs> in fairness, um, I think it was a very, very dull game. It um, was, I think, for the most part. I, th- I think it was a, a snooze fest. But Maitland-Niles to, to pounce on that. 
I think because it was just a, a snooze fest of a game, uh, and Maitland Niles just seemed to be alive, and he picked up on their slight fluff, and Aubameyang mm. was waiting he and was in done. Loads of space. I mean, the, the frustrating thing was he was in a lot of space a few times, and and I think Nel, uh, not Nelson, um, Willock is not. He hasn't. I don't think he's played a lot as a ten. As a as a pass picker, you know, he, everyone says about how he's similar to Ramsey in the terms of, you know, he'll make late runs into the box and you know he'll link the play between the defense and the foot, you know, and yeah. and get up there. It wasn't a game for that, unfortunately. And and honestly, I was sitting there at one point thinking, you know, if if he had shown up, had he played, this is a this is a game where just one or two moments from Özil to see that run of Abamyang because Mikaterin Mikaterin picked out a couple of really good passes for Abamyang. But he did. He just was not in the right areas seventy percent of the time. So those passes weren't coming, and Abamyang was was on the shoulder, and he was looking to run, and no one was no one was seeing him, or it was going back to the keeper, or back you know back to the full backs, and it was just I like th- I, th- I think Mkhitaryan's rose edge shot uh, summed up his performance. <sighs> he but was woeful. Y- you are correct in saying he made some fantastic link-up play with Aubameyang. Yeah, some, there was, there was that, two that, that one passes. That one pass that he put across and uh, Aubameyang took it down and couldn't volley it. If couldn't, he had, yes. vol- if he had oh. volleyed that, oh, could you imagine we'd be talking that about was, that forever? That was, his, that was his first shot, wasn't it? Aubameyang's first mm. shot, I think. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the pass was, was immaculate. Like, But... 70% of the time he wasn't in anywhere near a position to cause that it, pass. It did look like a season opener, didn't it? You know, where everyone's yeah. just not quite firing. If if that if that game was in three or four weeks' time, I think it would have been a, a better performance and also the weather didn't help. No, the weather didn't help. And I, and I think that the, what summed up the game is the fact that probably one of the biggest... biggest cheers, and even, even from Emery, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the uh, reaction to the Joe Willock tackle he got he got bossed off the ball yeah. by by shelby and then come back putting a putting a brilliant tackle chased it down yeah. chased it down and that you know that that was one of the highlights of the game that and the goal um and yeah there wasn't really much else no. steve thank you very much for uh coming in so early and having yeah. this chat um we'll stick this in and um for the lads to hear so that we can try and knit in some of the our, our conversations with what they're talking about later yeah. Right. Thanks a lot, mate. Nice That's So thank you for that, Steve. Um, boys, um, we're joined now by the main crew, uh, back by popular demand again. You know what? I don't know if who you're fucking bribing, but you're all over the place at the minute, Potsy. <laughs> oh, me, yes. Just been blessed, mate. That's what it is. <laughs> no, I'm joking, man. I'm you'll, joking. You'll be on an Arsenal fans TV with a fucking with uh, a bottle with an Arsenal bottle and you know all that plastic oh, merchandise next. Don't compare me to Ty, man. Don't compare me to Ty. <laughs> Jesus, no, man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. There's only a couple of people on there I'd, I would talk to. Um, but yeah, um, always good to be back, mate. Always good to be back. How was your head this morning? And my my head my head was like fine. Right. Okay. Cool. Your head wasn't fine last night, mate. <laughs> no, we were doing some testing. Uh, uh, we're doing some testing of. Uh, we're looking to go- do some possibly YouTube or some live and video stuff on a periodic uh, basis. And um, I text you quite late in the evening. Uh, do you fancy doing some testing? And we done it. But I sat there with fucking beers and scotches. And <laughs> my, what what was my name at the end? Need a pee and need my bed. 
It was need a piss and bed. <laughs> That's it. Need a piss and need my bed. Jeez. Oh, man. But you'd already oh. gone live, so you couldn't change it. <laughs> uh, well, it's it, you won't find it. You won't find it. Yeah. So, our contrary Frenchman, how are you? Contrary? Well, that's a new one. Well, controversial. I just contrary actually sums you up better, a lot better. Okay, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I can't complain too much. And uh, have you uh, met our new crayon-loving um, <laughs> uh, member of the team? We have Dan Thomas, DT, uh, Dan the Crayon, Dan the Man. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Good, thanks. Do you want to do you want to just introduce yourself? Let, let let people know who you are and why you're on here. Yeah, we'll we'll get to the the crayon crayon bit shortly, uh, no doubt. Yeah, I'm Dan, uh, 32. I've been an Arsenal fan uh, since 1993. So my dad took me to my first game. It was David O'Leary's farewell game against Man United. So that ended four all. Um, in the clock end hooked ever since and um yeah now a season ticket holder not not too far away from you and potsy yeah you're uh, block four we're five so yeah yeah we'll be meeting for beers at half time now won't we we will be yeah starting hopefully this weekend um but ah. yeah no thanks for having me on you're welcome you're welcome and we've we've started a dream team the you know the dream team in the sun uh yes don't kill us mate it's a rag and all that i, I don't, really don't give a shit um we've started we've started a, a dream team uh league among the uh panelists of of, of guns and yellow ribbons and uh everybody you know we, we we talked about it like you know pick your team enter your team can you tell me who you've got up front please uh dt yeah I can, can indeed. So I have Jimenez from Wolves. He's a good, good, good striker. Yeah, you got three yeah. points for him. Salah, Liverpool. Ten points. Ten points, yes, really good. Um, and Harry Kane. You. Yeah. We're not allowed wait, to use that word wait, on, on air. Wait, wait, so, hold on. Are, are you joking here? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. And I, I, you know, I've been thinking, I've been thinking all day about what excuses I could use, but there really isn't any. Hold on, Fergus, take a back seat for a second. So, <clears throat> all yours. So let me Uh-oh. see if I got this. Let me see if I got this straight. So, of all the possible strikers in 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 the Premier League, Jimenez, yeah. okay, Salah, okay. Explain Harry Kane. I'm gonna. How can I say this? So my uh, the best way I can describe it, my son <laughs> is named <laughs> Harry. <laughs> no, go, go. Fergus, Fergus, please, let, please and, continue. Um, I wanted as many Harrys um, in the team as possible, as my son' name is Harry, so Harry Maguire and Harry Kane. No, no, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't wash. That's, give me another that's one. That's very weak. That's very yeah, weak. Yeah, give me another is one. Is it weak? Um, do you know what it was? I've got a few Spurs friends. And they said they building it up, always going to be the top goal scorer. So I think it was a little bit of reverse psychology. I wanted him to put it in there so he would fail because I never win these dream teams. Terrible. That 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 still doesn't wash. So we've got two world class strikers. They don't even get in the team, but Harry Kane does. Well, well, I was I was speaking to Fergus about this, and actually, I, my plan was to put Lacazette in, but I didn't know if he'd make the weekend's game. He didn't. And also, I must admit, I didn't expect Fergus or any of you boys to actually 
look at the the starting 11s. Oh, Dan, you I didn't wrong, mate. You yeah, I wrong. didn't. <laughs> Personally, I didn't. I, I just, I'm just going to yeah. let the league do what it does. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what I normally do. Um, so, look, thanks for the first and last time I'll, I'll ever be on the podcast. Um, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I think you're... I think it's not even just me. I think everybody is going to be on your case because that, to me, that's unacceptable. Hey, look, you know, I, I've I've come on, I've admitted it. Uh, I'm sorry, and and look, we move forward. I think we call you Crayola from now on. Crayola, I, I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> is that his forfeit? He has to be called Crayola now. No, no, I think what he has to do on Saturday, you got to bring a box of crayons with you. Okay. To the North Bank, and at half time, we'll 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 sort out something on video. We're on, we're on. We'll do something mm. for sure. I'm sure you got loads because you're a fan. Yeah, but no, <laughs> look, <laughs> apologise and look, we we move forward, and and he'll be out of the team. You know, <laughs> s- silly mistake. Yeah, I'm gonna make your life hell. <laughs> so on on Sunday, uh, our 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 league uh, season kicked off um, at two o'clock. Really strange kickoff time, two o'clock, especially since Leicester on with two. TV fucks things about quite a bit. Um, but before that, there was a, a fans' protest, and Steve mentioned a little bit earlier um, about the protest. What did what did people make of it? And you know, Mike Ashley, and um, we worry about Cronky. Have we got it as bad as them? Who wants to go first? Mm-mm, no, we don't. They've had it for years. They've had to deal with Mike Ashley fucking them over time after time after time for years and it, it goes back to something that i think you said fergus you know he's like you mentioned newcastle when you're talking about you know protests don't work protests don't work you know newcastle have been going through it well i think hiring you know steve bruce and and getting rid of, of rafa i think that may be the last draw for some of these fans whether it works or not is, is a different story but you felt that the atmosphere, the ground, you know, listening to the game was, it was really quiet. It didn't feel like it was St. James's Park. It didn't feel like it was the first game of the season. It felt like it there was, was the last game. There was monsoon rains as well, though. Yeah, but they don't care. They yeah, don't they... care. Do you remember when it was snowing like a few years ago and there was like, you know, pictures of girls in Newcastle going out in, you know, no jackets, holding their shoes, walking barefoot in the snow. They don't care. Oh, knickers there. even. They gotta love fucking Newcastle. <laughs> so they don't give a damn. Rain is not gonna stop them, but it really felt it did not feel like a game at St. James's Park. Uh, uh, you gotta back them. You gotta feel sorry for them as well. Mike Ashley's a no, you can't use the word. Yeah, but you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. It was our first away fixture since twenty eleven. Uh, and the last time we started our sorry, away fixture on our first day of the season and the last time we started our season uh, back in 2011 with an away fixture was at Newcastle and it was a nil-nil at the lineups uh, Arsenal named two English teenagers Joe Willock Reese Nelson in the starting 11 for the Premier League game for the first time since February 98 the last time we'd done that was with Paolo Vanazza and Matthew Upson wow that's a long time ago um, versus Crystal Palace um uh, and that was even before Willock and Nelson were born. We played a four-two-three-one. Uh, Crayola man, what did you make of the lineups and the, the 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 new players coming in and so on? I I really enjoyed it. I I like that he backed the people that basically have done a whole preseason. Um, getting the uh, the two youngsters in really is relatable to the fans as well. Um, I think we're looking now for as fans, a, a youngster to really come through and be 
be our kind of hero as you like and i'm hoping that one of these can do that so yeah i thought chambers was really really solid at the back um calm composed um leno can, can he secure that spot it's a big year for him he need he needs a run of games to do so i think if you're you've got louise we've just signed i think you know he's coming on big money and and he left chelsea to play um so i would imagine he would come in fairly shortly um socrates is strong and, and reliable I would hope he would be given a stretch of games, but if he's going to just be playing in, in the League Cups and, and uh, games here and there, centre-halves need to be playing every week, and um, I would hope he can. And Potsy, what did you make of the midfield then? Because you had uh, Nelson, you had Willock. Um, what did you make of it? Nelson, very safe performance. Don't understand why people were giving him loads and loads of credit because I just thought it was a very safe performance. I didn't see any risks taken. I saw more risks taken from Martinelli in five minutes than I did from Nelson throughout his game. However, Joe Willock really impressed me. Um, what I loved, I don't know if you saw that video clip from Unai Emery yeah. when he was uh, going mental with a passion on the side. And there's there's debates I've had recently about, about uh, Unai Emery and why I like him. And that is one reason I like him is because because of that, we haven't seen passion. We were used to a dinosaur who used to get up and down and Steve Bold used to sit there. We're now seeing the manager up, uh, giving a load of passion uh, for young players like that. And I thought and, Joe Willocks... And, and what it was, it wasn't passion for scoring a goal or a passion no. for a penalty. It was a passion for him going and chasing the ball and showing a when bit was, of... when was, Please explain to me the last time we saw Mesut Ozil do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, Manny. Thank you. So this is why I'm. I think, this is I think I'm it was in Golders Green when he jumped into the front of his G wagon, wasn't it? But this, what I'm trying to say, and I know you laugh at that, and 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 I would too. But what I'm saying is, Joe Willock has done that in one game of football on one of his Premier League starts that he's had, and we've not seen Özil do that for five years. And Joe Willock's not even a number ten for me; he's more of a number eight. But I looked at that enough performance, and I was really impressed. And I know that he came off at 60 minutes because he did look a bit tired. But like what um, what uh, Tomo's just said there about. Uh, starting people in pre-season. We all said that he was one of the ones that, that gave us uh, excitement and I was glad to see him start. Um, I didn't think he would start, if I'm honest, but I'm really glad that he did. Um, Gwendozi, <clears throat> we're going to disagree, Fergus, but I thought he was top drawer in the middle. By far, probably our most uh, composed and calm midfielder. Why? Uh, say again? Why? Why? What do you mean? For, why was why was Gundozi so calm? And... Right, okay, no, no. Why did you? Th okay, you explained why. I, I, it's just in my head. I've got this thing. I I like the player. I and I've said he'll probably be the, our most improved player, maybe the youth player of the year, because uh, I think he will grow into his game. But I looked back at that game. Well, what's the game in the pub? Which is always the worst way to analyse a game. Um, I watched match of the day back again twice. And he made one half tackle, which he pulled out of, and he ran around the. He did control the midfield by running around in circles, waving his fucking arms around. Did you see what so the other guy was doing next to him? You can't. What you can't analyse a game from match of the day in the pub, Fergus. Come on, man. But you get. You understand. I. I just don't think he's as wonderful yet, and I, I put the yet in there as everybody else goes on about. Manny, on take over, man. Hold on, take over. Because this is this is coming from the guy who rated Mustafi. Right, this is. I rated Mustafi. I rated Mustafi for the first 
five or six games, I said okay. he looked like he could have been something. Okay, but you rated Mustafi, and this is this is from a guy who would literally go on his knees if he ever met Carl Jenkinson, right? So we already know <laughs> that we can't trust your judgment. We already know we cannot we cannot trust your judgment when it comes the to the Carl players. Jenkinson thing is different, isn't it? Oh, it, it, get out of here, man! Listen. Now, yeah, I, I tell you, just to, to, to draw a final line on the Carl Jenkinson. So somebody put up a post <laughs> up on one of on, on one of the groups, and they said, "Yeah, he didn't. He's not good enough. He didn't make the grade at Arsenal." But the one thing that everyone loved about him was he was one of us. He lived our dream. Yeah. Okay. Cool. End of. Okay. Cool. Whatever. Now, with Gwendozi, right now in that game, and this is something that I learned from Max, funnily enough. Right. Whenever you have the time, it is always best to watch the game when you are not emotionally involved in it. Right. So it's always good to watch the whole 90 minutes back again because you see things that you don't usually see. And, I, and I've started doing that like, since Agreed. last season. Right. So you watch the game in a pub. Right. Again, you're emotionally invested. So you wouldn't see what, what a lot of us saw. What you would have needed to do to see what we were well, to get a better picture of the game was to watch the was to watch the game again on your own, and you would have seen what everybody else has seen. Yes, what you dislike about Gwendouzi is what I dislike about Gwendouzi. I think he he needs to bulk up. He needs to stop that falling over shit. He needs to stop a lot of that stuff. But it's not going to gloss over what I saw from the kid, and that was he controlled what was going on in our midfield. Not only with passing, not only with winning headers, but with that little bit of energy, that little turn of pace to get away from from a challenge and beat in a press right that but you part, not, his you passing he... hold on his passing ability as well you know he, the chance that he created for Aubameyang yes it was just only one but it just shows you know that he's got a little bit of range of passing as well and he's only 20 years old he's going to make a lot of mistakes but his ceiling is a lot higher than Xhaka for me personally no, no, I, I, I get that I agree with all of that um, I, I agree with all sorry my phone is just going off um, I, I agree with all of that, um, that his potential and everything else, but I, I just didn't see it as clearly as you guys did. Uh, looking back at extended highlights, looking at back at match a day and looking at it live on the day. And the, 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 the guys that I thought were good, you also all thought were good. But look, look at the, let's look at the first half in particular then. So starting off with 125 million worth of signings on the bench and without midfielders of Ozil and Kalasniak, we struggled to cut through the, um, them in the first half. Uh, not helped by the conditions, because as we said already, it was like fucking monsoon. And then Newcastle, but five in the midfield, which, did you find that restricted us? Mm-hmm. Restricted the game. Oh, it was a boring first half, wasn't it? Jeez, mm. it was it so was poor. Horrible. horrible to watch. Didn't enjoy the first half whatsoever. And the one player that you, you, you're, you're obviously saying you didn't see, one player, I think we can all agree how poor he was, oh, and we God. shouldn't be surprised, is Mikatarian. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, agreed. Agreed. I agree with that. Um, but I also, I've been doing the same as well, watching it back, taking the emotion out of it. And Xhaka, in the middle of the park, he's there to distribute the ball, get the transitions going, and time and time just gives it away. <laughs> and I just, and I personally believe that Mustafi's the scapegoat, rightly so. We're now moving on strangely to Mikatarian, where it for me we're talking about Jacob being our captain, but for me just not good enough. And you know, uh, Manny was talking about Gundazi, Willock's energy, chasing, getting the ball back. Jacker 
if he gets beat, slow turn of pace, brings the man down, gets booked, we're under pressure from a free kick. Um, and I just feel that yeah, Mikitarin he's not settled as well uh, since he's been uh, been at the club. But did you, for me, Shaka just so, just so what, did you did you see the photo of Shaka after the goal? I know it's it's one fo- photo, but he's talking to uh, Abamyang and uh, I think it might have been Maitland Niles, and yeah. he's pointing at his head and doing almost Tony Adams esque, um, yeah. like focus, focus, focus. Come on, boys, get your head back in the game. Yeah. Uh, and isn't that what a captain does? It is, but you've also got to show it on the pitch. You know, you've got to show dis- discipline on the pitch also. And, and he loses his discipline. Um, he loses his shape. And it's the all-round package for me, you know. Um, yes, he does bark instructions and, and tries to calm situations down. But then he's frantic in his play. So it's a bit of a catch-22 with Xhaka. He is split. He does divide opinion. Um, but I just feel, I just feel as though... We just need someone there, just a little bit quicker in transi- transition, getting the ball through to, to the wingers and, and, and supplying the Bamiyang. It's not just about barking orders either, because we've seen Mustafa are, are, are barking Are you saying barking because of these dogs outside my house? I can barking. hear dogs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Subliminal. Mate, is that because, are you at Meza Ozil's place? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm in Hampstead with uh, a few Turkish friends of mine. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah. I don't know what everyone else's thoughts are. Am, am I am I on the right lines with Xhaka in your opinion? I don't know. I mean, this is what I just see. <laughs> <laughs> the guys aren't fans. Um, I, I think uh, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I think I, I don't know if it was on one of our podcasts or uh, another podcast, but. Uh, I, I, no, it was on one of our podcasts where um, they talked about Willock and talked about Shaka and it, no, it might have even been on Sky and they said um, uh, that Shaka, although he can have a great pass and uh, he, he he can put a, a ball, a diagonal ball across the pitch, he's he's much too slow for the way that. Emery wants to do his counter-attacking football. Like, for example, we'll get onto it afterwards, but the way Willock went into into that uh, challenge, the way Maitland-Niles picked up that loose ball, you know, Shaka couldn't do that. And if he yeah. did, he'd break somebody's fucking leg. Damn right. I'm glad, I'm glad, oh, I'm super glad that somebody else said it, because I am not a Granite Xhaka fan. And that's one of the many reasons why I am not a fan of his. And picked up on it a, a quite a while ago when it comes to doing the dirty work in midfield whoever is playing alongside him is alone in that respect you go back to West Ham away Napoli away you know Wolves away Leicester away when it comes to putting pressure on the opposition backing up your partner Xhaka is not that guy and let's not even we haven't even spoken about the mistakes now yeah, the only player yeah. who has made more mistakes leading to goals since Xhaka has been at the club has been Petr Cech, the goalkeeper, yeah. right? Now, the current centre-backs that we have right now, we have six of them, right? So Holden, Socrates, Chambers, Luis, Mavropanos, Mustafi. You combine all of those guys and they still haven't made as many errors leading to goals as Xhaka. Now, you cannot tell me that he's being made a scapegoat. You cannot tell me that everybody's got an agenda against him. The proof is in the pudding. It's right there for everybody to see. 
Yeah, he's not agree. good enough. The only reason why he's in the team to some people is because he can pass the ball. Now, I heard it on a, on a different podcast earlier and it was like, you know, him giving the ball away, our defence is not good enough in order to catch up with the mistake that he has done. But hold on, we have had a lot of midfielders in the past and I'm pretty sure those midfielders have not made as many mistakes leading to goals as Xhaka. And defensively, we've never been good enough at the Emirates. So what is these, these, these excuses that people are making for him? It's not washing with me. Yeah, right stats it doesn't matter what stats you throw at me i watch the games i watch them twice i see what he brings and what he's good at is not enough to be in this team the only the, the only thing that does does really and it comes up every single time we discuss this guy we will move on from from Shaka unless somebody else got to add add to it but the only thing that always comes up is if it Wenger picks him, if it the Swiss um, national side pick him, if it Unai Emery picks him, he's first man on the team sheet, and it really just flabbergasted me. I'm fed up of this of this conversation about Chaka and being captains and being leaders on the pitch. I can only imagine that he must be unbelievably amazing in the dressing room because he certainly isn't on the pitch. And I said this on another podcast the other week about how I have not seen it on the pitch. All I've seen, and somebody had the cheek to tell me the other day, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, that, oh, if only Aubameyang would have scored that penalty against Tottenham, we would have been all right. What? You look at what Chaka's done against Brighton where he just pulls someone back for a penalty. You look at what Chaka's done at Crystal Palace where he just takes a, a Zaha out. You look at what Chaka's done at home to Wolves where he steps over the ball like some Sunday league game. It's as if some Wolves player has done a Sunday league shout, say, leave it, mate, I've got. And he did. So then they went and scored. I happen, I happen to have to agree with you, mate. If, if we had scored that, uh, we'd been above Spurs. We'd been top four, Champions League. Uh, and given the opportunity sticking the ball on the spot, the eighteen, uh, the, 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 the penalty spot. Um, and but he was a, saying, ha, Fergus, having a, hang on, having Fergus. a free shot at goal, you should score. We need to move on from Shaka. Just a yeah. final word on it then. Go on, final word. You, uh, the way you and my mate are saying it is if you're blaming the guy for not getting top four. It's as if you're blaming Aubameyang for us not I'm, getting top I'm, four. I'm, 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 not blaming, like I'm not blaming Aubameyang. I'm, I'm just saying that, that the other actions that happen among players in the open field of play, um, like somebody gone injuring somebody, somebody handballing, somebody uh, getting a yellow or a red card, yes, they can be sloppy, but they're not necessarily um, predictable, where... When you have the opportunity to take a penalty 95 times out of 100 or 97 times out of 100, that goes in the back of that. It's rare that they get saved. Mm. Madness, madness, man. So you think right. you'd, you'd excuse that over Mustafi jumping out of the way of the ball for Zaha to put it in? You'd excuse that over all the Chaka stuff? <laughs> What's going on? Is that me or what? Fergus, 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 mate. I don't get, I don't get you there at all. Okay, okay. I, I, I just, I, I, I listen. I thought Aubameyang has been fantastic for us. Um, I, hey, I, I thirty-three uh, goals in fifty Premier League games, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. And but, but he is, he's forgetting that amount of goals. He's actually quite wasteful as well. Yeah, exactly. Which is Matt, he would be on at least forty Premier League goals if he didn't miss half of the chances that he does. Mm. <laughs> I think. Oh, how many tappings did he miss last season? <laughs> So, I, so he he no he used to wind me up. I'm thinking, you know, for somebody who's really prolific, and you look at his goal scoring records all of his career, like from from Dortmund till now, very prolific. But damn, are you wasteful? You know, 
So back to the game, because we're not even got to half time yet. Jolieton went <laughs> close and had a shot um, blocked by Leno. I was quite impressed with Jolieton. I was more impressed in the second half, uh, which we'll touch on, and that's uh, St. Maximum. I thought he was really good. Uh, John Joe Shelby, um, he Dr. had... Evil. he saw a drive crash uh, off the woodwork I I thought that took a slight deflection did it? it It did yeah, it did. It did. So we went in nil-nil at half time uh, and just before the hour mark um, Aubameyang was left unmarked on the edge of the area uh, and he collected a great ball from Maitland-Niles but before that uh, Mkhitaryan who in the main was absolutely dog shit yeah we all agree? Yes sir yep yeah yeah. Um, he put an absolutely peach of a ball in onto Aubameyang. If he could have only volleyed that, it would have been one of the sweetest goals we've seen. Aubameyang took it down, had to take a, a step aside to try and take a shot, and unfortunately he got saved. But Maitland-Niles, more than anything else, I was so impressed the way he just was... He just looked like on, his brain was on fire watching mm-hmm. which he should be but his brain was on fire uh, playing more like a midfield player rather than like the the, the wing back he is uh, playing at the minute right back he's playing at the minute and he he just nicked that ball and his his turn of pace and Abamyang it just it seemed to connect what did you Tom you haven't talked for a while try again yeah I, I've always rated uh, Maitland Niles um, whether or not he's um, a right back, I think that there's still question marks around, but definitely going forward, um, you know, very quick. And I like his attitude, you know, he's very calm um, and he makes I th- he makes me feel calm watching him, which is always a good sign. You know, he, he, he f- rarely looks flustered. Yeah, he gets caught in possession at times. I think um, John, Johnny, who you'll meet as well, um, Johnny has said if he was any more laid back, he'd be horizontal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's very laid back. But I, I remember... Um, just an interview a few years ago with uh, Mick McCarthy when I think Maitland Niles was um, at Ipswich uh, under him and, and he said this this boy's got, got everything you know and uh, that really st- stuck in my mind and I'm glad he's got the opportunity now to be in the first team and flourish and yeah whether he's a right back I'm not too sure but um, for sure okay. um, it's great to have him in the side and Willock was taken off for, for Salibos so Oh my God. <laughs> How do we pronounce it? Sabias, oh sorry. <laughs> it's because it's written. Uh, uh, yeah, don't worry. I'm, I'm fucking dyslexic anyway. It doesn't help. Hold on. Can, but, I, t- t- can I touch on, on, on Willock? Right. There was one moment in, in the first half. He reminded me, and, and touch wood, right? I'm not, I'm not jinxing any kid, but he reminded me of Diaby, right? When he took the ball and he went on a run, kind mm. of went by one tackle, and it was. That long stride that he had reminded me of my favourite Diaby goals was away to Aston Villa and he played a 1-2 with Abue and then galloped all the way into the penalty area, got mm-hmm. the ball back from Abue and then finished it. And then I got a flashback to that when I was watching Willock. Very long stride and he hasn't got that flair but I enjoyed watching what he brought. Yes, he got tired. He's not a number 10. He's definitely... He can play deeper because he he's can an eight, break. isn't he? Definitely, because he can, because he's got that long stride and because he can eat up the ground so quickly. But I want, I think, once you know, once we get a well, once we know who we're going to have as our number ten, if Ozil's going to 
make an appearance or if we're going to have Mkhitaryan and get in a run of games. And we did discuss before, if he gets a run, he sometimes does come good. I don't know. But no. once, we've have, once we have a proper <laughs> number 10, then we'll go. We'll look him off at um, 64 minutes for Ceballos. Um, I think pre-season caught up on him a little. He looked a bit shagged at that point, don't you think? We'll look. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, and I understood it. The one thing I will say about Willock is uh, he doesn't look too big, but he's he's a strong boy, isn't he? He is. He is. He's very yeah, strong for his he size. He looks like a strong boy, so I was a big fan of Willock. Tobias, come on, and uh, do you know what was weird? I think all of our three new signings gave the ball away with their first touch. because <laughs> um, yeah, like, Pepe, Pepe came on for Nelson. Nelson had an okay game, not a great game, but um, yeah. what, what did you make of what you saw of Pepe? Obviously lost the ball with the first touch, but what else did you make of him? I thought he um, struggled to get into the game of Monis a little bit. Um, I believed that he's shown glimpses of what he can do. I am just more excited to see when we've got three of them on the pitch, as in, and what I mean by that is Lacazette, Aubameyang, and Pepe. Which I think they will I've be. I've seen. I've seen something about the Burnley game, and that is um, the rumored lineup at the, really? at the top. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, that's excited mm. me. I didn't expect that. I thought they'd rest Lacazette and make sure he's fit for Liverpool and Spurs. Okay. That's I, per- personally, yeah. But I, I, I've put it on Arsenal fans forum. Have a ha- have a look and see what you think. Um, it, it, interesting. I was listening to. Somebody on Talksport today, and they were talking about Ndombele, um, and uh, at uh, in the Tottenham game against Villa. You'll know about this, uh, Tom, because Harry Kane scored <laughs> <laughs> two goals, wasn't it? Two goals, I thought. Oh, I don't know how many. How many did he score, uh, Tom? Oh, I'm, I'm going to take me 18 points and, and run. I think. Um, <laughs> This week, but, uh. <laughs> but but he was saying that uh, Undembele looked really, really like out of sorts. Didn't look like he was getting into the game, and then he got that goal, and it just all lifted. And I think that's what Pepe needs. He just needs a good game, a good a start, and he needs to be fully fit. And you know, because he hasn't had a full uh, preseason. He's been at the African Cup of Nations and so on. Finally, can't judge him yet. Can't judge no, him yet. No, 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 no. Not on, not on fifteen minutes of football. And Martinelli mm. came on for Mkhitaryan, um with about five or six minutes to go. The Arsenal finished one nil. The Gunners kept a uh, uh, clean sheet for the in their opening game in the Premier League for the first time since two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. That was like Eduardo era, wasn't it? Sure. Wow. Yeah, cool. it was. That was dreadful, wasn't it? Wow. Bloody hell. Yeah. Oh my words! That is and, we, and that was that was the year that we could have. And that was Gallus in sitting in the. Oh. That game was the worst game for me. I hated that game. Oh. Clichy and then Gallas and then Eduardo. It just all went wrong, didn't it? Boys, man of the match. Let's start at the bottom. Manny, Maitland Niles, bro. Maitland Niles, Potsy. Aubameyang for me, I thought his movement was outstanding and I don't think you can underrate that finish. That first touch in the wet was outstanding and the little dink finish was too good. So I'm going to go for Aubameyang. Crayola? <laughs> um, special mention for Chambers, but but I agree with Potsy, man of the match. I think in a scrappy, tight affair, you need your big players and, and Aubameyang took his goal very well and, and he will be the difference in many games. So um, Aubameyang for me. I went for Willock because I just I thought for the 64 minutes he was up well for a good 60 minutes of those 64 minutes he was just was that because you watched match of the day and thought he played 90 minutes (laughs) (laughs) fuck you 
Now let's let's get to uh, the predictions. Potsy, you were fucking wrong. I was fucking wrong, mate. I expected yeah. more goals, and I thought we'd concede more than anything. But um, no Mustafi means a clean sheet, doesn't it? That's <laughs> <laughs> true. You went for three one. Uh, Johnny from the North Bank and Mad Max in Melbourne. Mad Max Mayo from Melbourne. Max. Mayo, Mayo Max. Max. Mayo Max. Theo Walcott, as he likes to be known. Oh my God! <laughs> oh. Um, uh, he went. Uh, they both went for uh, two three, um, and they done nothing. Manny, you were a bit more conservative. You went for a one one, mm. and I was mega Here conservative. We Here we go. Uh, Glow alert! Glow alert! Here we go. Go on, <laughs> go on, get it out. I go was on. right. One oh, nil to the Arsenal. Stuffy, weren't you, bro? It doesn't matter. We're, se- <laughs> we're, we're, we're seven in the league, bruv. Yeah, whatever, man. Special mention to Matteo Guendouzi for his great performance. Yeah, if he flaps around anymore, he'll be able to fly out Stop of the stadium. Stop being a oh, hero. <laughs> <Stop being a laughs> hey so listen, uh, it was the first week of VAR uh, in uh, the Premier League. Um, I watched the West Ham City uh, game plus there was the Leicester Wolves or Wolves Leicester, uh, the handball. Uh, fortunately enough, we didn't have any VAR incidents in our game because uh, I don't think the cameras would have seen through the fucking rain if I'm honest. But <laughs> what what did we make of the VAR? Um, do you think it adds added to any of the game as because? We watched the like the West Ham City game. You watch as a type of neutral, so you can watch it as you said, guys earlier. Watch it without emotion, so you're just watching the experience. Um, Potsy, you can go first. You know, I'm not a fan, but I think it did kind of work. Although it was long, I think the decisions were correct, so I can't really complain with it. Um, I'm just still not a fan because of the time it takes, and I think there's so much black and white, and sorry, so much grey in football, uh, and it's not black and white. And I've said that before. So, uh, but for me, not being a fan of it, I didn't think it was all that bad, and. I think most of the decisions were probably right. I remember seeing on Sky Sports News uh, on the Monday, they went through it with a referee and they was like, yeah, it's it's made the referee's job a lot easier. That it was spot on. Um, but it does slow the game down. But I think it will improve, won't it? This is still the first season. I'll be interested to see what happens on Saturday when I'm there with you, Fergus, to see what if there is call to see what it's going to be like sitting in the stands. Because last year I was there uh, in the Europa and, League, the bits up on yeah, the screen, Yeah, and it was a bit shit. So we'll see what's happened uh, this season. There, there, there was an opportunity in the Newcastle game when Almeria, is that his name? or what? Almeron. Almeron. Almeron yeah. took, took, took a dive in the box. And, you know, when I first saw it immediately, I went, oh, fuck, penalty. Cause no, it, that was blatant. Oh, it was blatant dive. when you see a replay. But, you know, and the angle the referee had was okay. But yeah. I, I am so surprised that they just, didn't try VAR just and and it did please me because otherwise it's going to be VAR for the sake same. of V. Same when the ref, the referee can still be a referee and have a decision and they did there and I thought that was good so I'm, I'm with you there definitely. Boys, anything yeah. different to add? Go on, Tomo. You can say. Yeah, I think I think it's still very early stages. I think they seem to be running before they can walk slightly though. So you know, I, I didn't watch the City game and I believe most of the um, decisions were correct, but the the Wolves game for instance, they disallowed the goal for accidental handball on Bolly when Dendonka scored. But then in the Watford-Brighton game, Pereira took a free kick, hits the hand of a Brighton player in, in the box, went to VAR and no penalty. 
Mm. So I think they've got to be very clear. The handball rules have changed slightly, haven't they? So confusing, though. It has, but this 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 is what I'm. This is my point. My point is they've got to be very clear on how they move forward, and they have to be consistent in every game. Um, I think for now they just need to concentrate on the tight offsides and you know the clear and obvious potential mistakes. But to start including the handballs and and everything like this at this stage might just be a bit bit too fast. I suppose I suppose it's a bit like you know at the beginning of every season the referee goes to all the um, all the uh, de- various training camps and goes right these are the new rules we're going to brief you on all the all the new rules and they're overzealous with them like people moving off the uh, referees uh, referees uh, goalkeepers moving off their line and then before you know it, after five or six games they just go fuck it just let it carry on as normal um, yeah it just it'll be interesting I I, I didn't. But the, the, there was the Jesus goal, uh, the Man City, and it was the f- pass that um, I think Sterling's armpit was offside, uh, and he made the intercept, made the pass to. Uh, it, it was I, I can't remember the exact players. Manny, do you remember? Because we had a conversation offline on it. Do you remember? What the man? <laughs> man, you, look. Get off your phone and be professional. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. The the VAR in yeah. the Man City West Ham game. You we were you were fucking... Oh Sterling. Yes. Sterling and Jesus, yeah, apparently like Sterling was offside in the build up, but it was so, so marginal. You know, it was right, but it was really marginal and, and I agree with the boys, man. It, it's it's it takes too long. Right? And that that's that's the the thing that bugs me with it i think it should be like we say some eye in the sky some guy who goes listen this is what happened this is the decision then that's it i also but, think that they should show everything we can see on tv yeah. on the main screens because it's been made for the guy in the armchair not the guy in the stands and i think we talked about that um in like the build-up in the pre-season that we talked about 100 percent 100 percent. i think all the fans should see it if they can see it you know at all depending on where the screens are but it's just the time it takes and then it slows everything down and yeah but it's a work in progress i'm i'm all for it you know what i mean i'm i'm pro VAR. I'm, I, yeah I'm, I'm pro progression but talking about slowing things down uh hopefully we'll have one less thing to slow us down uh el neni looks like he might be off to turkey Yes, Manny. Yeah. Yes, Manny. Manny's happy. And I'm, <laughs> I won't be happy until that's confirmed. Yeah, this is it. Right, I won't be happy until it's confirmed. The guy sucks. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I, I've said before, he's a good utilitarian player to have in your squad as backup. He's not a first-team player. Yeah, nope. so yeah. We're not nope, having that doing. conversation. Not for you. He's doing who, it, who else do you think will go uh, before the European transfer window well, you goes? Look, you look at the bench on the weekend and you see no Mustafi, no El Nini. And this is, a, this is a team that we've had a few players obviously out at the moment or not match fit. So it would suggest that Mustafi and El Nini are both leaving. It looks like Galatasaray are interested in El Nini. It looks like Monaco, for some bizarre, unknown fucking reason... Uh, are interested in Mustafi. So I hope they both go uh, and I hope that we do get money for them both and that we do put that with the Awobi money and get a centre-back in either I'm, January or the following summer. I'll, I'll throw I'll throw one into the mix, potentially, um, to leave. Um, 
we've obviously got three left backs now. Um, Tierney, Monreal, um, Kalatanach. He's, so, he's gone. He's gone. So one of them, I would think, may go by the end as well, because to have three senior left backs is a little unusual. You know, your, your very first podcast and you're linking things together is just amazing. <laughs> Try my best. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would, I would, I would anticipate that perhaps one of them, one of them, even Monreal clash that's my. Own. I, I've heard that um, Mustafi will probably be a loan deal, so we'll probably still have some oh. element of. But listen, you don't want doesn't him on matter. the pitch. No, doesn't doesn't matter. Matter. he's gone. Yeah. Very he's true, gone. very true. Yeah. But jeez, so, yeah. just get and him we got, up. But, oh. we, we got the Ozil and Kalasniak situation. I agree with you, Tomo, that I think um, Kalasniak will go definitely um, because his wife has now left the country and gone back to Germany. Um, and uh, doesn't want want to come back to the UK. I I, I can see, and I, I get the feeling anyway, as we all do, that the manager isn't overly keen on Ozil. Um, the fans are mixed. You got people who nosh nosh, and then you got people who like hate hate uh, with Ozil. Um, you know, on his day, he can be absolutely amazing. I we don't see enough of those days, and we haven't of recent. Uh, but I don't know what the fuck is going on in um, in North London over this, because from uh, a moped mugging for your watch or your car to twenty four hour security. They haven't turned. They haven't been able to go training. They haven't been able to go to Newcastle, and they and they're uh, a doubt again for the weekend. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, th- there's been two um, two guys last Thursday uh, arrested, and I don't know what the situation legally is on them, but. Looking at the names, they look like of a tur- uh, Turkish sort of origin, which puzzles me considering Ozil. Am I right in thinking though that there's been some retaliation? There's some that people are talking about sort of gang wars. People are talking yeah. about um, illegal activities, gambling, bits and bits and pieces. I don't know, but it, it just it just doesn't it doesn't smell right, does it? It's a bizarre one. I, I, I don't know if I read it right, but it said something along the lines of since then and Kalasinac's reaction, there's been some retaliation from uh, kind of Eastern European gangs who have then made the original uh, kind of suspects retaliate even more and this is why it's gone wrong. That's what I heard. I don't know what to believe and I don't believe everything I read, mm. but that's from what I hear. I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me now if Kalasinac went back to Germany with his missus and went back to, I don't know, Bayern Munich or somewhere like that and, and uh, Ozil decided to go and earn twice as much, even more so in America. But there's, there's talk of, there's a talk of um, DC because they need a big name now that Rooney's leaving. But DC are paying Rooney 56 grand a week. Mm. Uh, the highest paid player in the MLS by a club is 125k uh, a week, which is Latan. Uh, where's he? I think he's at LA Galaxy, is he? Yeah, this yeah. is this yeah. is going to annoy, annoy Manny, but I think that we are going if we are going to get rid of him, we're going to end up having to frigging pay loads of money to get rid of him. I was having a uh, we're having a conversation on the message group, and Max asked, "Could you terminate their contract?" Like because, and I I, I thought I, I had a discussion with um, 
Duncan Peacham. It, it, he's a client of mine, but also um, uh, an Arsenal fan, and he's on Arsenal fans forum, listens to the podcast and so on. And I, I, I had a conversation with him, and technically speaking, they are in breach of contract because they're not able to turn up for work, and it's nothing to do with what the uh, club have done. Uh, they haven't injured themselves in the line of duty. They've got themselves into a situation we don't know the whole details of the situation but technically speaking we could probably it'd probably be more expensive fighting the fucking legal battle I expect but we'll see listen we we could go on and on about that I I, I can definitely see Kolasniak going in the transfer window Elneny looks like he's off to Turkey Ozil we've got two and a half weeks um, what, what I would say um, is that we're actually making great moves in getting rid of the players that are not good enough and you can't get rid of them all in, all in one go but you know this window the Jenkinsons you know even Koscielny I know he wanted to leave not good enough um, Mustafi not good enough Elmeni not good enough we can get rid of them too and you know a couple more in the next window all of a sudden you know I think the fans are going to be be buoyant um, totally agree and 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 we can't do it we can't do it all in one here it has to be a phase um but, you know, I, I personally would get rid of Ozil. I, you know, I wish him well and I wish Kalashinac well, but you're on 300k a week and, and you, you're, you're playing and picking and choosing what games you're playing and you're playing home games and you're not getting that, you know, you're not producing in the big games. He, do, he doesn't suit us, does he? He just doesn't suit it. But you have to, I like Emery, but then, you know, he's excluded Ozil from teams, but then he makes him one of his five captains. And and for me, I don't, I don't I don't, don't understand. Don't even go into five captains, please. Yeah, that's a discussion for another day. But definitely, I think you know to you know I think Ozil and and Xhaka, um and the, and the players we're getting rid of get some more in, and I think we might have our Arsenal back, guys. I you know what I that 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 summed up really really well because um, it does feel like we're getting rid of. Like, I, I I hate being disrespectful to, uh, to Wenger because uh, I've got a lot of time for him. I did think he should have gone a little bit earlier. We've done all that sort of stuff. But we f- filled out our squad with a lot of very average players. Um, Gazidis didn't help by putting them on stupidly fucking high contracts to convince them to come and, and play for us, which you shouldn't have to convince them. But if you have to convince them, they don't deserve to be there, in my view. But... Um, I it just as you, you reeled off those names, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. Jenko was, um, but it, it it just yeah, we we won our Arsenal back, and we will hopefully get it. On on that thread, we're talking about players who are, are not good enough. Um, I asked each one of you um, to say who was your biggest underachieving player who played for Arsenal that you remember. Um, I'll start with Manny. Do I have to go to the past? It listen. We know what you think about current players, <laughs> so the idea was to think a little bit. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything, Manny, because you do what you want to do, don't you? Yeah, I do. I'm not going to go to the past it's, because it's like fucking dealing with my wife. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> just, just carry on, darling. What's that supposed to mean? Carry on, darling. See, this yeah. is why I give you a hard time, like, because you just deserve it. 
Like, this guy, he's such a prick and he wonders why I always give him a hard time. He deserves it and I'm never going to stop doing it. Yes, dear. Um, <sighs> no, your bum does not look big in that. <laughs> but you're bigger than me, though. Anyway. Um, Blue suits you. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> go on. <sighs> I was going to go... I was going to go with the past, but I'm not going to because for me, the biggest underachieving player is currently at the club and you guys were just talking about him. So, you know, I'm not going to, you know, beat around the bush for too long. I think you guys know why, you know, like you guys just mentioned it, never turns up in the big games. Once in a blue moon, you will see his talent. And I was very excited. Why the fuck do you keep doing that? My microphone is really sensitive. No, 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 no. You're pissing me off, man. You put yourself on mute and you unmuted yourself to do this shit again. Like, stop fucking doing that, man. I put myself on mute to put the the can of beer in the bin. Listen, it's rude, all right? Will you stop doing that? For fuck's sake, man. Continue, Manny. Manny, continue. Go on, man. Anyway, I was rudely into... Look, it's me yeah. and my friend Sam Miguel here, you know. Man, fuck Sam Miguel and fuck you. Let me finish this, man. Yeah, him. All right. Never turns up in the big games. We we see his talent once in the blue moon. He just doesn't... He hasn't grabbed the opportunity that's been there for him. Pretty much, he's been given the keys to the club and he's like, nope, um, I'm too scared to, to take it on. Um, never been good enough. You know, waste of talent, waste of time. Uh, yeah. And Fuck put it. a name to it. Gollum. E.T. Ozil. Okay. Danny? Which Pop? one? Which one? Pop. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, I've read this question wrong. <laughs> the first time, until we spoke yeah. last night. I know. Yeah. And then luckily, you slagged me off. Yeah. Luckily, luckily we spoke last night. Yeah, I saved you. You did save me, because I read it as the most underrated player. Fucking God knows why. I probably had too many beers. I know, shock horror. Um, But uh, I read it wrong, and I went for an underrated player. So uh, underachieving player. Uh, I kind of wanted to put like a criteria to it. Um, There's been quite a few candidates. Um, I wanted to pick a player who had come to the club with all the hype, had come to the club with... um, some form of expectation of him having anything in his locker to be anything he wanted to be. And I wanted to pick a player that was not uh, hurt by consistent injuries. So the player that I've gone for is not Mesut Ozil. The player I've gone for is Jose Antonio Reyes. Um, wow. I, you know what? You've listened back to my Guna to Guna, didn't you? Mm-hmm. And I actually mentioned him as well because I just didn't like the homesickness thing uh, mm. of him uh, and, and all that. Somebody's at the fucking front well, door, was... Alexa. Thank you. I put you on mute. <laughs> well, this was the thing with Jose Antonio Reyes was when he came to the club, he was wanted by a lot of clubs that were massive. And because at the time we were going for the unbeaten season, we were very competitive in Europe. I think we might have even been favourites for the Champions League that season because that was the season that Jose won it with Porto. Um, when we brought him to the club, he was 21 years old, looked like he could be anything he wanted to be. And he did settle. You know, people say that he didn't settle when he got homesick. He did get homesick, but that was 
kind of into the second season as an Arsenal player. And he scored six consecutive goals on the bounce. Um, and he continued our 49 game unbeaten run, scored a cracker against Middlesbrough, we won 5-3, scored against Blackburn, Charlton, Fulham. Looks like a, a player that was really starting to settle with Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp. Was a player that we kind of couldn't decide Wenger who to pick out of Pires, Lundberg or Reyes. Um, and it started to look really, really promising. Then we went to the red current shirt the last year at Highbury and it started to show that he really didn't want to be there. Um, and I think the homesickness got to him and that really affected his career because he went back to Spain and didn't really achieve much there either. Uh, I think Seville he ended up at and then he went to a Spanish uh, second or third division side before the absolutely horrific accident happened in the summer. Mm. So... I want to kind of give this as a backhanded compliment to the guy for me to even bring him up just for the pure fact that I did really, really love the signing and it excited me. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. And when the swap deal happened with Baptista, it didn't happen for either player. Uh, obviously, Baptista for us that could have been another another option for me, really. But uh, Reyes over in, in Spain didn't really work out for him. I, but, think, uh, I think Reyes had a longer run than Baptista. Baptiste, mm, so, absolutely yeah. and Reyes was a top player when he came to us and I just want to put a tribute out there to say uh, Jose Antonio Reyes rest in peace Tomo following on from that yeah I agree agree with the, uh, the last part from Potsy um, my story I gave say fittingly so 23 years ago today we signed Patrick Vieira um, the player that I uh, am going to choose I just got my hopes up and thought this guy is going to be our new Vieira and that's Abu Dhabi um, unfortunately you know he got injured uh, up at Sunderland um, by a youth team player that I don't even think he played a handful of games after that for him so uh, he went on know, to play in a call work in a call centre and since been sacked yeah and uh, since then that horrific injury you just could never get going again and you know, I used to say to my dad and my brother, you know, every time he was out for a year and a half and come back, ah, oh, Diaby's going to come back. Let's hope he stays fit. He's, mm. he's the presence. He's so skillful. He can do the lot. And um, it, it and he knocked John Terry out as well. Yeah. He did. Yeah, we all love that. But, you know, I think, you know, Arsene Wenger, you know, he, he made a habit of, of keeping players longer at uh, the club than he should have. But I think he, he honestly did not want to let um, Diaby go purely because he knew how talented he was. And, and actually, if he did get a run in, in a side somewhere and not get injured. He did, could be a threat down the line. Did he play anywhere else again? Or... He he went out. Marseille, wasn't he? He went was to Marseille, Marseille yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he went out to Marseille. And, and again, I think he, it was injury-stricken there as well. But um, no, I just remember when he signed and when he started getting in the team thinking, wow, he, he could be could be the next Vieira. But, um, mm. you know, that injury... Plagued him with that. Shame. I, I really did like him because, as you say, he did look, he looked like Vieira and a bit more because um, yeah. he was very athletic and very speedy. And uh, Manny talked about um, Willock and saying Diaby esque. Yeah, um, yeah, he area. did. Yeah, Manny yeah, brought him up so. earlier. So yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> thank yeah, you. There we go. Thank you. My one is um, a guy we signed in two thousand and one for ten million pounds um, from Everton. Um, Franny Jeffers, the fox in the box. Um, he made 39 appearances for Arsenal. He scored eight goals, two assists. He was finally loaned back in 2003-2004, back to Everton. And he's done really fuck all with his career since. 
you know, for a guy that came in. And I remember he probably had more fanfare than Reyes and uh, like the Abbey didn't have, but he, he had a lot of fanfare about we getting this kid in. He's English. He's going to be the new Ian Wright. And uh, no, he was just a damp squib. So. I'm sure he still holds the record for the the most goals in England under 21 level. Am I right in saying that? Or has that been beaten? No, I'm sure it probably has. But for a long time, his under 21 record for England was the best by a far. I know he scored 19 goals in something. Uh, it was in quite quick succession. I was looking up a bit of it before we, we jumped on here. But yeah, mm. no, he's um, it, it, it disappointing. I, I think there was some some off-the-pitch issues and stuff that got to him. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um, we should uh, touch on injury, injury news, I suppose. Um, Danielle Carter for the women's team, uh, our striker, she's out with uh, an ACL injury. Obviously, we've got the other players that are going through re- rehabilitation, like Iwobi, Bellerin, and they're working their way through. I think... Uh, sorry, not Wolby. Um, it will be. Ho- uh, Holding, sorry, Holding and Bellerin. Um, Holding uh, played for the under twenty threes a couple of weeks ago, so he's nearing uh, coming back into the into the main squad. And Bellerin, I'm hearing September or end of September, October sort of time. Uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want him back on the first of September. Uh, just because of the the game that's in it. If he was fit and had a couple of games under his belt. I, I don't think he can play until after the Spurs game. Unfortunately, I think the squad that we've got now, plus the bench that we had, is pretty much going to be the game for the Liverpool and Spurs uh, match, mm. isn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, listen, I think that when you look at who wasn't in the squad for Newcastle yeah. and when you look at the bench as well, yeah, we touched on that, realize didn't we? It's strong. Yeah. that we have a lot more strength in depth that we have had in the last few years. Best transfer window in years. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so much depth in, in, in different positions. I mean, I worry about right back and, you know, that that position in particular. But yes. everywhere else, we are solid. And like Max said, and I think I'll agree with him, I think we have the third best squad in the Premier League currently. We'll probably come on to looking... I, I think we've got to give it a few games before we predict where we think we're going to finish. Because I, I think it's stupid just going sticking your finger in the air at the beginning of the season and going after one game. No, I'm just saying squad No, 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 no. I'm not saying that to you. But I'm, uh, what I'm saying is, yes, I think we do have probably third, fourth best squad in, in, in the league. Um, on paper, on paper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Talking about thirds, I don't normally like these. Uh, normally, because I'm an Irishman, I can't pronounce them because we normally say turds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Arsenal uh, third kit. Uh, it got released Monday, was it? Sexy. It's, it's my mm. favourite. It's, it's my favourite one. I do like. Sexy. I do like the yellow one though. We haven't got a bad. We haven't got a bad shirt this season, and I nah, love they're, it. They're great. Yeah. They're really, really good. I love, I love the Adidas stripes off the uh, off the shoulder. It just looks smart. And, yeah, uh, yeah. The blue one for me when it come out I was like, yeah, I think that's my my favourite one out of the three. Actually, I dropped a line to my Chinese friend, <laughs> and, God. He said, and he said they will be in production by the end of the week. Wow. Ding dong. <laughs> Don't put them in the washing machine, man. No, 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 no. Three XL. Three XL. 
they don't do 3XL, so you'll have to fucking buy a real one. That's a, I'm talking to you. You know I don't buy those shirts, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right, listen. Be, be, before we finish up, we got to look at the Burnley game very, very, very briefly because there's no point in going into lots of detail about it. Mike Dean is the referee. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, so it's pointless. Fuck's sake. Head to head, we've won nine uh, and drawn one out of the last ten meetings. We previously won three one home and away last season. Uh, Burnley have been quite good in the transfer window um, and strengthened. Uh, is it an easy game? And then you know, give us an idea of what. Probably a small paragraph each of what changes you think will make to the squads, what key players, and who's their main threat in your score prediction. Uh, let's start with Tomo. So I think, obviously, our home record last year was great, and and you know we've got to, we've got to build on that again for this year. Um, you know, for me, I think we could see maybe two or three changes. Um, you know, I think maybe Pepe may come in if if he's fit. Um, for maybe Mkhitaryan. Um, I could see Willock dropping out. Um, and maybe um, Torreira coming in. Um, and then maybe the last one would be David Luiz maybe coming in for, for either Chambers or, or Socrates. I would imagine he would more than likely which, maybe which drop out. Uh, which side did Luiz play for uh, at Chelsea? He was on the Chambers side, wasn't he? believe he was yeah uh yeah. And, and, you know i think you know david Lu- david louise is great i think he's he works better in a back three um for sure i think he gets le- less exposed and he's got more time to read the game in a back three but it'll be interesting to see what what emery does there but i i think yeah two or three changes in regards to their key players it's it's for sure the the front players you know wooden and, and barnes you know strong powerful run all day so we're going to have to be on our toes um, you know, even if they don't score, you know, you come off that pitch and you, you know you've been in the game. So I think for sure, keep them quiet, um, you know, win our headers. Um, and Prediction? 3-1. I'm going to go 3-1. I think it's been um, 3-1 home and away last season and football sometimes has these unique um, habits of repetition. So I'm going to go 3-1 again. Okay. Okay. Potsy? Uh, team news I can never predict with Unai Emery if I'm honest but I'm going to go for it anyway I think Leno in goal Maitland-Niles right Monreal left I'm going to keep the same back pairing I think Socrates and Chambers will stay because of the clean sheet uh, I think it will be the same midfield I think Guendouzi and Chaka and Willock will start I don't think Torreira will and then I'm going to go with Pepe to start and then Aubameyang up front with Mkhitaryan unfortunately because Emery seems to start him so prediction. I'm going to go for that my prediction is 3-0 Okay, Manny, anything to add and prediction? Three one. Nothing to add on the squad, really. I think it'd just be rotation. You can't tell. Emery is. I think we will. I think this season we will find our starting eleven, and we will have a set starting eleven, particularly a set defence. And it may be, as uh, Tomo said, um, that we have a, a three at the back set up and a four at the back set up, and, and, and depending on who we're playing and where we're playing. But I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go all out. I'm going four nil. Are you going a bit risky because you got it right this week? So the, the shackles are off. Uh, it's a home game. I yeah. think 
uh, like we've all said, we feel like a bit more with the transfer window. We've had our, our Arsenal back. It is a 12.30 kickoff, which did make me think to be a bit more conservative. I originally wrote down 2-0, if I'm honest. Don't know. Um, right. But I, cha- I changed it to 4-0 because I think everyone's going to be a little bit up for it. So, yeah. Hopefully, um, hopefully they are. Yeah. Listen. A uh, couple of other things. Super Super Cup is on at the minute. Hopefully, Fat Frank are are are, are the teeth. Who do you want to win? Uh, I'll go Liverpool. Okay, I think they will anyway. Yeah, so. I think I think Liverpool will just be be too strong tonight. I'm hoping for a terror attack in Istanbul, and that'll be perfect. Just wipe <laughs> both fuckers out. I think we've lost Manny. Manny, are you are you going? Because you've got to you you got to go, haven't you? Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's uh, got to catch him sleep. Yeah, no worries. Um, and the only other thing is to give a shout out to Dave Hurl. Um, he is been asked to represent um the Arsenal um family enclosure representative. So um, Dave's going to talk to us once he's had a meeting with them in October, um, and uh, give us a bit more insight into how that works. He'll be sitting down with some board members and stuff like that. So uh, an avid listener, um, and mentions lots of stuff to us. So, uh, yeah, good luck, Dave, and keep us in touch. Uh, boys, thank you very, very much. Thanks, uh, Manny. And, yes, I love your parting message. It was a really nice, <laughs> sentimental message. That Is it always like this, ch- it, he, 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 He's genuinely kind. He is, um, you can tell. Un, un, unencumbered, natural, <laughs> and tender. Work out the first letters that's what he says to me every time <laughs> um listen uh, posse uh, thank you as always uh, i'm glad you could uh, pry yourself away from you know many other places but i do appreciate your advertising you, you you're almost like an agency for a podcast nowadays hey, don't be like that you know i'm always here i always remember my roots you know that i'll always uh, big up guns and yellow ribbons yeah no worries uh, tom i hope you enjoyed it i think uh, I, I think you relaxed into it a little bit as you went along i uh, did, you did yeah. good man you did yeah. good you was you was great mate i knew you'd be fine and you were so that's started off started off a, a little bit nervous but you know the, as soon as the corona went down uh, it become come a lot more easier for me but yeah thanks Potsy for setting this up and uh, Fergus thanks for having me on loved it brilliant you have been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons um, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans I hope you've enjoyed the show and remember up the arse up the arse thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons and remember to rate and review us too.